It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. Coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're listening, whenever you're watching, I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Or give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal. And to hang out with my man Sal, too, but hey, that's besides the point. Uh, go there. Or B-square. Oh, I don't know. We're going to have another big event down there, so uh, you got to uh, uh, stay tuned for that. And today's show is also being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino from Bondage, two baddest men on the planet. It's available right now where all good books are sold. You can get a copy of this book right now while you're watching or listening to the show. All you got to do is go to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Find out why I'm so adamant about getting Tom Molino's story told. This guy deserves more recognition than he gets, even in the Hall of Fames. Yeah, because they got it wrong too. You know, seven years of research on this guy produces a 150-page book. Read it. You'll love it. I'm telling you. Tom Molino from Bondage to Best Man on the Planet. Get it now. We're going to get a signed copy. Just go to the website, billycboxing.com, and click on the book. If you want more than one copy, just drop me an email, billy at talkingboxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. Um. All right, we got uh, some stuff to talk about. We're going to break down some of the fights, the bigger fights this weekend. Um, I think Dax Khan is scheduled to join us a little bit later. You know, the big news, you know, I got a couple of things to talk about. First and foremost, uh, Manny Pacquiao uh, has announced uh, his return to the ring, uh, but uh, he's not getting any endorsements from his promoter as far as i know i think bob aram and top rank are still his promoter we'll get to that a little bit later um and he's also announced a, a uh, uh an opponent and everything and lucas matisse so uh, uh we'll see what happens um also I, you know i want to take a look at the heavyweight division you know um several of the major sanctioning bodies uh have released all their uh, updated rankings so I got the top 15 heavyweights in the WBC, the WBA, the IBF, and the WBO. And, you know, I just want to take a look at that and, you know, honestly see what the powers that be could try to cram down our throats instead of 
Deontay Wilder fighting Anthony Joshua, assuming Anthony Joshua gets past Joseph Parker in a couple of weeks. So uh, uh, we'll look at that. But uh, first, I want to open up and, and hopefully close on, uh, on this whole issue with Canelo Alvarez. Canelo Alvarez testing positive for performance-enhancing drugs, failed not one but two tests. Um, now, this was uh, handled under VADA. Not to be confused with WADA, W instead of V. Um, I got an email from my man, uh, Mitch. Now, Mitch is uh, uh, a pretty knowledgeable guy, and you know he's got some contacts uh, uh, around the sport that uh, are pretty good. And most of the time, most of the time, when he says something and keeps, uh, keeps me up to date on something, it's, it's true. Um, he's got some interesting facts here. He sent me an email. Now, I have a bunch of other emails, but I want to read this one first. Uh, he says, there's a cyclist named Alberto uh, Contador uh, uh, who tested positive with 50 picograms of clenbutanol, uh, which is the same uh, stuff that uh, uh, Alvarez uh, claimed, uh, uh, tested positive for, and he blamed it on the tainted meat. Well, WADA, W-A-D-A, called it BS and said that 50 pico uh, grams was much too high. So when we look, take a look at Canelo's tests, his results came back in hundreds of picos. So if 50 picograms was too high for WADA, for the bicyclist, the cyclist, how come WADA finds that Canelo... Uh, his, uh, uh, um, you know, consumption of it uh, didn't seem to be too high to improve his performance. A representative said that there's an easy way to find out if he's been juicing or not. Get a hair sample. A hair sample tells the true story, including how long it's been in his system. Here's the problem. Canelo won't let them take a hair follicle test. According to uh, my man Mitch, he says, you know why? Because the hair follicles will tell whatever else he's been taking besides clenbutinol. Great point here. You know what my thought is? Triple G, forget about Canelo. Move on, my man. Move on. This is the best scenario you could ask for. Nobody. Canelo's been uh, calling all the shots. Now the ball is in Triple G's hands. If I'm Triple G... I go and get the last belt that Billy Joe Saunders has. Fight Billy Joe Saunders, even if you have to move it outside of Vegas. Fight Billy Joe Saunders. Forget, forget Canelo. What does he bring to the table anyway? I would fight, if I'm Triple G, I would fight Billy Joe Saunders. Or, or if you can't make that fight, give Daniel Jacobs a rematch. Joining me right now from St. Simons Island is my man, Sal Rocky Senecola. What's your thoughts, Sal? You know, Billy, I tell you, I've been following this too, and and you know, there's there's more meat on the bone every day with when it comes to this uh, with this allegation with Canelo Alvarez, and to have the measures uh, exceed um, uh, just on a mild note, get uh, come on, go away, don't don't uh, don't uh, go on my leg and tell me it's rain, you know. I'll tell you what, this is uh, this is bad. This is really bad because it really taints the whole picture of Canelo Alvarez if it all pans out to be true. And right now, I'll tell you what, this is more than just eating a, 
eating a hamburger that uh, some some cow grazed in a field or was pumped with steroids because they wanted to make them big and strong. No, I, let, let me listen. You know, I, it's hard, and and I used it's the bad. analogy yesterday about um, Antonio Margarito. You know, it was really hard for us to all of a sudden say, okay, you know, Antonio Margarito uh, was putting cement in his gloves just for the Shane yeah. Mosley fight. And and most of us assume that, especially when you look at some of the previous fights, the, you know, uh, hellacious beatings he dished out, uh, specifically to Miguel Cotto, and it certainly looked like there was something going on. Uh, talk about hands of stone. And everybody, you know, very quickly assumed that he had been cheating for a while. Yeah. Um, the same thing's happening with Canelo right now. Uh, a lot of people are starting to think that he's a cheater, he's this, he's that. You know, whether or not that's true, I said this yesterday, Sal, and I believe it. Canelo is really against the wall, specifically with all of the things that we know that he's demanding. He's the face of boxing. He's boxing's biggest star. He gets the A-side. He gets to do this. Here's a guy with no belt, you know, really going by all of that fanfare, that publicity, that, that you know, popularity is a better choice of word. You know, and, and he ends up getting all of those things in his favor. Now this comes out. If I'm Triple G, I take advantage of this and say, forget it. I'm not fighting a cheater. Who's next? I want the last belt. Let's go to Billy Joe Saunders. That'll not only make Canelo you really have to come in and, and give up some concessions um, at some point, maybe not now, but down the road. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm thinking Triple G shouldn't go on with this fight, Sal. What do you think? Well, I, I saw uh, on ESPN on the screen there, I was reading earlier, and, uh, you know, Canelo and Triple G – uh, Triple G actually said that he's concerned about this fight even coming off because of, of, of these allegations and everything else. I just don't understand how and why they chose to pick Canelo now. I mean, obviously it was a surprise because had Canelo been doing this as a practice for his for how many years or or fights or whatever, which we don't know and I can't say. I mean, was this a surprise test? Was this something else that should have been dissipating out of his system in a month from now when they were going to test? I don't know. Was somebody suspicious calling in the police to check it out? I There's so many questions that are answered, but so many more that do arise. And, um, you know, I, obviously it, it just looks like there's more than just uh, eating a cow. Uh, so I, I, I think, uh, you know, as you suggested, Canelo needs Triple G more than Triple G needs Canelo right now. And, uh, yeah, he's going to be looked at as, as a cheater. And um, I don't think that's a great picture. I don't think that's what he really wants to be known for. Uh, and uh, this is this is a hard one to move away from. You can't, you can't slip and slide him and avoid these punches. So I, I don't know what's going to happen. I think Triple G is the driver in the seat. And I think Canelo needs Triple G more than Can no, Triple G needs Canelo. Well, at this point, uh, you know, it, it could you could very well be right. I, you know, at this point, you know, Triple G, um, I, you know, he, listen, we all know that he, he wanted to make the big payday. And, and I, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, but he's still going to get a big payday to fight Billy Joe Saunders. The repercussions for Canelo if Triple G walks away would hurt. I think that even yeah. Triple G is in a, in a position right now to say, hey, 
What can you, what can you, how much of a check can you write me, Oscar, that's going to make me go ahead with this fight to fight a cheater? And, and I got news for you, Sal. The way these things work sometimes is even if they, if they find that it was a mistake, people are still going to believe that Canelo's a cheater. You know, I mean, nowadays in this country, you're you're guilty until uh, uh, you prove innocent. However, True. in this particular, in, but in this case, though, he did test positive. You know, so that's guilt, baby. I know, and and you know what? I'll tell you what should happen. Triple G should move forward, get the fight done, or take the fight. Uh, all eyes are going to be on Canelo. All testing programs are going to be on Canelo, and. If he has been using and utilizing any PEDs, well, this is like I was saying and suggesting yesterday. Well, now, you know, it's going to be very hard to stay under the radar uh, going into this fight. And uh, if he uses that, and if that's his little uh, uh, little uh, false bravado confidence builder, uh, confidence builder, you know, it's not going to be there. So I think Triple G should take the fight demand the 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 tests at any time they they can be given uh and let canelo uh pay the price and let them get in the ring and let's see triple g dismantle and destroy canelo alvarez well i you know the the thing is is that what you know you got to make a stand i think it goes beyond the fight i i think you have to make a stand i mean there were a lot of you know, Floyd Mayweather made this big thing where, you know, he wants to clean, you know, make sure fighters are clean, clean, clean. And many people believe he himself was the guy that was cheating. Um, you know, getting being allowed to have IVs, being allowed to uh, use steroids for his girly little weak hands that he's got. You know, and all of those concessions had already been made. The other issue with him is he was always allowed to take the test that didn't report every single finding. And uh, and his opponents had to take the other one that reported everything. That's so you know, bad. so wow. so I mean, there were some there were some things that he got away with, and you know, the reason why uh, the powers that be justified it is because of the amount of money that everyone was able to make, not just Floyd and his opponents, but all the other people involved. Uh, the same could be said with Canelo. That, you know, a lot of the powers that be say, well, you know, Canelo is a big draw. He, he, he uh, generates a, a lot of revenue for, you know, a lot of different uh, avenues. You know, people, fighters, uh, trainers, matches, the city of, of Las Vegas, uh, the commission, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, let him slide. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, is I don't think that they should. I, I think that you have a perfect situation. The sport has a perfect situation here by taking a big name like Canelo and saying, once and for all, we don't give a crap who you are, what your name is. We don't care how big of a draw you are. If you cheat, you don't fight. End of story. End of story. Why make these guys go through these tests, Sal, if you're going to make a mockery of the tests? If you're going through, and Canelo himself, with the statement, I demanded the test, I want clean fighters, and he fails. <laughs> He fails. It's making a mockery of the tests. Yeah. You know, the only way you'll prevent people, fighters, from trying to cheat is if you have some kind of, you know, penalty, some kind of repercussions if they're found guilty, if they're if they're caught. And in this case, Canelo was caught. I don't care who he is. Make a statement. 
Bob Bennett should grow some hairs on his you-know-whats and do something. This guy is a sham. It's a shame that the, the state of Nevada, specifically the city of Las Vegas, who houses most of the biggest fights we see, is being controlled by a punk in a guy named Bob Bennett who's not willing to stand up and do what's right. I don't know how else to sugarcoat Not that I just sugarcoated it, but, but that's the truth, Sal. What do you think? Bill, I, I think, you know, you're on to something. And, and, you know, if they want to do something and be a hard line and, and, and clean it up, I'm going to tell you this. They've got to do something along the lines of uh, you don't get a second chance. This is it. Do you want to put some fear of, of, of uh, a career on, on some of these fighters' hearts? In some of these fighters' hearts? No excuses. No holes barred. You get caught with something. I don't care if it's in, in afro-nasal spray. If it's not supposed to be there, uh, you don't have any excuse. You're out. You're done. You're done in professional boxing. That's it. You go to MMA or whatever else they might do that might be different. I don't know. The bottom line is, yeah, you want to clean it up? Because then you'll see guys paying more attention. You'll see handlers paying more attention. You'll see everybody else. They can't afford to have an excuse. They can't afford to do this. But it's got to be hard lines. It's got to be one and done. You know what? You got caught with this. Oh, it was from this. It was from that. No, it doesn't work. You're done. You're done. That's it. But I don't know if they could do that. Well, you know, it, you can't hold some fighters accountable and some not. <laughs> it, no, you can't. It's That's not effective. So it should be one and done. You're done. It's it. Your career is over as a professional fighter. That's it. You want to see it clean up? That's what I'm saying you should do. You know, you're right. I, I, and I don't. That's and it. I don't. No ifs, ands, and buts. No excuses. That's what I'm saying. If there's a trace there, well, I, 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 I suck the daisy in the farm field. Oh, please. Well, hey, you're one and done. You're done. You're done. You're done. You're right, and and I tell you what, they 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 adopt that rule, and they do it right now to a guy like Canelo. Yeah, nobody would want to get no one. No one would risk getting caught again. Yeah, the the problem, right. the the problem now is you get guys that that align themselves with some power, meaning money, and and everybody closes their eyes. You know, even the WBC, who who. Um, Canelo had denounced, remember, when, when they stripped him of the belt. They, he, Canelo says, I don't ever want to fight for a WBC belt, but yet the WBC keeps creating new belts for Canelo that he's happy to fight for. They already supported Canelo. Two days ago, when the, when the, refor when the reports first came out, the WBC said, we support Canelo. You know, so how, how this is the clean act program that the WBC enacted. They're the ones that came up with it, and they're supporting Canelo. I, I don't get it. You know, it, it's, it's BS. If this happened to anybody else, they would immediately do something. But Canelo, because he's, it's the same thing as Mayweather. Mayweather gets caught, oh, they shovel that one under the rug. You know, Canelo yeah. gets caught, oh, we better shovel this under the rug. You know, it's the same thing. You know, if Deontay Wilder tested positive after his win uh, on Saturday night against Luis Ortiz, they would crucify him. They would, they would, they would make that, that fight would already be on the books as a no contest. Oh, yeah. So give me Absolutely. a break. Give me a break. You know, you can't, you know, Deontay Wilder is a, a heavyweight champion, you know, but he doesn't have the juice. He doesn't, no pun intended. He doesn't have the, the, <laughs> the drawing power of a Canelo or a Mayweather. But make no mistake, if Deontay tested positive, this guy would be banned already. 
We'd be talking about that. They wouldn't even take. It would be five seconds, and and the WBC would strip him. He, the guy's career would go down the toilet. Canelo, they're still they're still investigating. Come on, if it takes this long to investigate the the test results of a performance enhancing drug positive test. You know, what What are they really saying, Sal, that they're putting all their ducks in a row and they're trying to get some stuff together, trying to fabricate some data that will help the guy? Nah, I, this this whole situation stinks, man. It stinks. Well, it, of- it does. And, you know, you gave me some other fuel for the fire. And, and you know, if you can't do one and done, you have a choice. You just retire. You, you're done with professional boxing. Or with the fight at hand, you're going to donate 100% of the proceeds, 100% of your cut goes to uh, either one of the drug rehab places or I don't know. There's going to be more money in pockets lying there. You forfeit your purse. I don't know. You cannot fight. You can, whatever. No, I, You're giving that ultimatum. No, I like your I like your other stance. One and done. You one test done. positive. You, you sign this yeah. paper that says we're going to be testing you random. If you fail, you're done. On any level. You're done. You know, and, 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 and I can't. I, I'm not buying... And you even said it yesterday uh, or the day before. I'm not buying that a fighter, especially today's fighter, can play dumb. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, my, my my nutritionist told me to eat this, and, and I ate it. I didn't know it was a steroid. You know, just like you were using uh, the example of uh, vitamin B12 shots, you know. Uh, I don't know. They said it would help me. They would give me more energy, you know. I, no, you need to know. In today's world... Of information at our fingertips, you know, if if a nutritionist or a trainer says, "Hey, I want you to drink this," you you gotta. It, it's your responsibility yeah, to say what's in it. What's in it? Exactly. You know, Antonio. Again, I'm going to use Antonio Margarito as an example. This is a guy who his trainer is banned from boxing. Okay, and Antonio Margarito made this the claim with a straight face that he had no idea that his hands were getting plaster of Paris put on them. You know, and, and they show you videos of him looking all around while the guy's taping up his hands. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know whatever he puts on there. I don't know. You know, give me a break. Everybody that I've ever seen get their hands taped. You watch their their eyes looking down at the the guy doing the taping. Always, it's hey, a normal thing. Let, let me tell you, it's so true. And then how. You know, look at who they banned for life, and we've never seen him in a corner again. Was uh, was uh, Panama Lewis after the Luis Resto and the Billy Collins fight? Well, you know I what mean, the funny, Collins, you know, you know, you know what the funny, that? you know what the funny thing about Panama Lewis is? Panama Lewis is still in the sport of boxing. He's still oh, he changed. Is. No, but, I, I, but he's I, I not the way Lewis the way his ban is. He's a funny guy. I mean, you know, he but he's but I'm saying. You won't see him. You will not see him. You're wrong, and I'll tell you why. You know, I was trying to say, but you, 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 you know, the the deal that he has is that he's not allowed to be seven rows, uh, within seven rows of of the ring. Wow. So when he trains a fight, so so make no mistake, Panama Lewis has still been in the game. It's just that you don't see him on the camera because he's seven rows back, and nobody's on the camera seven rows back. But uh, but you know, so yeah, there are ways they can still get let guys in the business, you know. Um, but uh, but I agree with your first uh, uh, your first uh, rule, one and done. And and in this in this particular case, I feel that Triple G. Uh, should say no to Canelo. Go f- try to negotiate for the same date against uh, Billy Joe Saunders or 
uh, if he's not willing, because we all know it takes him what two, three years to prepare for G- Triple G, um, then, uh, then oh, that's right, just eighteen months. That's a year and a half. So no, we don't have the time for that. But Daniel Jacobs, I'm sure, would love a rematch with Triple G, and the fans would want to see that too. Uh, the only significance be- behind the Billy Joe Saunders fight for Triple G would be it would give him a chance to collect all the belts. Uh, let's make no mistake, Triple G was not thinking about hanging on uh, for, for several more years. You know, he wanted to, to beat Canelo and then walk away or maybe beat Canelo and then go for Billy Joe Saunders. So I say forget Canelo and go for Billy Joe Saunders right now. Canelo has no belt anyway. No, he doesn't, and and that's the joke of it. You know, that's the whole. You want to know? That's the joke, right there. I, I know, and and what the the joke of it is, he's got nothing except popularity. Um, that's what makes him the A side, and now that he's tainted uh, his image by testing positive, uh, I say make him make him pay, and I don't mean just out of the, out of his pocket. I mean if I'm Triple G and I'm Abel Sanchez, and I'm Tim Lafleur. I say, uh, you know, or Tom Lafleur. I'm sorry, I say forget the fight, forget the fight, move on. I, I, listen, I wanted to see the fight, but I think boxing's bigger than these two guys, and I think that if you really want the sport to be clean, make a big name, get to take the hit, and there's no name bigger right now. Uh, than Canelo Alvarez. So, hey, listen, oh, yeah. we're going to take a short break. When we come back, uh, Manny Pacquiao announced his next fight. He's got an opponent, everything. Bob Arum says, nay, nay. We'll be back in two. Billy C. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Uh, I'm here with uh, my man Sal Rocky Senecola. And, uh, hey, Sal, Manny Yo. Pacquiao uh, announced his uh, next fight. He says, uh, I'm ready to fight, and it's all set. It's happening in Malaysia on June 24th, uh, he told the press yesterday. He says, uh, it's against Lucas Matisse. I'll be ready for uh, this fight. It's going to happen in 11 weeks. Um, then, uh, you know, Bob Arum was asked because he was doing the uh, – uh, a press conference for uh, a fight that's taking place uh, uh, in California on Saturday night. And uh, he says, uh, no, no. He said, you know, for years we've had all these proposals from people in the Mideast, whether it's uh, Dubai or, or the Emirates or Saudi Arabia, and we're still waiting for the first deposit for the fight to happen. It didn't. So now we've shifted our attention from the Mideast to the Far East, and we're looking for Malaysian money. He said this laughing uh, because uh, he's been down this road many times. Um, he also said that uh, there was a group interested in bringing Pacquiao, <coughs> excuse me, uh, uh, to Malaysia to fight, and was going to pay fifteen million and give him five million uh, up front. Uh, Pacquiao said, uh, "Hey, if the money comes, then I have no problem with it. We would handle logistics and get this fight done. But uh, you got to have the money to make it legit." Uh, even Eric Gomez, 
the president of Golden Boy, who is the promoter from Matisse, uh, said that uh, uh, Team Pacquiao told him that there was a possibility that Manny Pacquiao and Matisse would fight, but they haven't cut a deal. They have no contract signed or anything. According to Gomez, he says, Michael Kahn's reached out to me, and we did all we did was talk. That's all I can say. We're interested in a fight, but it's in the preliminary stages. Uh, Manny Pacquiao uh, has uh, had said that uh, it is going to uh, take place. Uh, he said, uh, and one of the other issues Bob Arum was talking about, Sal, was that uh, Manny Pacquiao uh, is in a, uh, a financial uh, situation with the IRS here in the States, and that's why he doesn't want to fight in the U.S. But uh, Pacquiao uh, claims that, uh, uh, that the fight uh, would take place. Uh, he says, uh, uh, I will be promoting the fight. Uh, he says, uh, I like Matisse. Uh, he's an aggressive fighter. That's what I want. I want to entertain fans. And uh, Matisse is not a dirty fighter. I respect him for that. And uh, this fight's going to happen. So uh, who who do you think we can believe in this? You know, uh, it, it, there's already been rumor that Manny Pacquiao and Freddie Roach have broken ties. It seems like Manny Pacquiao... Uh, is totally unhappy with top rank and Bob Arum, specifically from the uh, uh, offer to fight on the undercard uh, of a of a big fight. So I, it seems like the writing's on the wall. And um, what's your thoughts, man? Well, I think you're right. The writing's on the wall across the board. I mean, I, I love Manny Pacquiao. He's he's been a warrior, and uh, you know how much longer is he going to push the envelope and uh, and for what reason? I mean, the guy the guy was on top of the world. He was on the, he was on the summit. He was he was already there. And, and it's not like he's climbing back. And you don't want him to to be fodder for for the young bucks coming up. So, um, I mean, the fight with uh, Matisse is great, but uh, the bottom line is uh, how, what, and where, and and why. Um, what's going to come of it? I, I, like I said, Manny Pacquiao, in my mind and in my eyes, and it's just my opinion, Bill. When he had the fervor and the fire in the belly to come back and fight Floyd Mayweather, that should have been his only goal. No sidesteps, no preliminary, nothing else. That should have been a deal signed, sealed, and delivered. But that wasn't Floyd. him. But that wasn't him. That was Floyd. So no, I, mean, I, I he, know, but yeah. I think there was a way that he could have finagled uh, and gotten in there to to uh, to make that fight happen. Yeah, you know what he had to do? He had to win. All he had to do was beat your boy Horn, right? And he lost. He lost, you know, May, Mayweather, Mayweather looks at that like, you know, hey, if if Pacquiao wins that fight and, True. you know, people start saying, man, he's, you know, still, still the guy, Floyd would take it because, like you said, yeah. you know, Floyd, Floyd feels confident he could beat Manny anytime, especially now that, you know, Manny's old and, and isn't the same guy he was uh, seven years ago. No. Um, but then again, neither is Floyd, of course. But, uh, no. but the truth of the matter is, is Manny lost. So, you know, Floyd's M.O. has always, uh, you know, one of the parts of his success with his smokescreen is that he fights guys, you know, coming off of wins and this and that. They don't ever mention who and how they won. But uh, uh, but no, no, the, the reason why that that rematch didn't happen wasn't Pacquiao. Pacquiao wanted the rematch. It was Floyd. But uh, but still. Uh, in this but, I mean, that should have been Pacquiao's only fight. Oh. He, should, he should never have fought Jeff Horn. That fight, that, what I'm saying is once he had the surgery, all the media, all the attention, all this should be, hey, I'm coming back for Floyd. I'm coming back for Floyd. No ifs, ands, and buts. No preliminary, nothing else. Just, I'm coming back for Floyd. 
That's that yeah, would have been the press and the press and the media and the fans might have leveraged it to be uh, something that came to fruition. Well, the the thing is, is that Floyd, here, there, Floyd, Floyd Floyd never said he wanted to fight him again. But oh. I think that if you if Manny could have come back and win and pick up another title like you know uh, when he did when he won the title and then defended it against Jeff Horn. What he would have brought to the bargaining table for the possibility of a rematch with Mayweather was, hey, I lose to you. I come back. I win a title. I defend it against a, a mandatory and Jeff Horn. I win. Now the only fight I want is Floyd or I retire as a sure. champion. But that's not what happened. He won the title, yeah. comes back, fights Jeff Horn, is thinking about Mayweather and loses to Jeff Horn. Now True. everyone says he's washed up, he's finished, he couldn't even beat a Jeff Horn, etc., etc. Now how do you expect to maneuver a fight with Floyd when you didn't even beat Jeff Horn? You know, so 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 I think his goal right now really is all about, you know, dollars and cents and uh you know, I don't understand why he doesn't just walk away just like you. I, I don't understand why he doesn't do that. But uh, but maybe uh, you know the first step is to break away from Bob Arum and uh, Freddie Roach. Even though you know Freddie Roach, Manny Pacquiao didn't lose because of Freddie Roach. I mean, uh, you know, no. But, all, uh, all fingers will be pointing every different direction because it isn't what you want to look at and face in the mirror when you look in the mirror. Hey, guess what? You lost because you just couldn't perform at the level you thought you could. That's right. it. Right. No, you're right. Well, Manny Pacquiao. If I'm Manny Pacquiao. Um, you know, I continue in politics, man. There's nothing left for him to uh, uh, to do in boxing. He's the first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, be as it may. Many Hall of Famers lost their last fight, so uh, whatever. Um, I, I do think that it would be smart for him to somehow break away from top rank. Uh, I had thought that their uh, promotional deal was up. They may have renewed it, but um, I, I think, I, I don't know. I, they may have renewed it, and Bob Arum still has his claws uh, into Manny, but the uh, best thing Manny could do is stay out of the U.S. and see what he can come up with. But uh, having Gomez from Golden Boy, an arch rival or top rank, uh, reiterating what Bob Arum is saying, saying that, hey, we don't have anything signed, sealed, and delivered, is kind of making Manny lose credibility. And Bob Arum is right. Many other countries in the Mideast had uh, offered millions and millions of dollars for uh, Manny Pacquiao to come and fight, but nobody ever wrote a check, Sal. Well, and, and that's it. You hear about the fluff without the stuff. And, you know, let me, let me ask you another thing, not to uh, go backwards here a little bit. But so the U.S., the IRS is uh, after Manny Pacquiao for tax evasion or not paying taxes on I, fights or I'm, what? I mean, I'm not, do you know any more about it? No. I don't want to assume. No. I, I think that, he, you know, he is, he does owe for some monies. Um, you know, there's uh, residents. You know, where these fighters live, where their first and second residence is. Then when they fight in the states, they're subject to federal and state tax. You know, um, so, yeah, Manny Pacquiao is trying to, trying to get as much money as he can. Remember, Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather with all his money. Now, I, I do think Floyd's going to piss it all away. Uh, but the one thing Floyd doesn't do is give it away. He spends it on stupid stuff, but he doesn't give it away. Manny Pacquiao is one of these guys that gives it away. You know, uh, everybody in the Philippines comes with a sob story to Manny, and he and he gives him money. You know, um, so Appleseed. what's what's that? Johnny Appleseed. Well, he had apple. He had apples, didn't he? 
That's right. No, I mean uh, Robin Hood, something like that. <laughs> Robin Forget about Hood. it. You know, I got Robin Hood. There man. you go. I think that's a little better than Johnny Appleseed there, uh, Sal. I think you got uh, mozzarella on your mind. I don't know. Mozzarella. But, but oh, let's uh, let's yeah. uh, take a look. Uh, at, in any event, I think that uh, uh, Manny Pacquiao uh, should really get his ducks in a row here. But uh, uh, we're going to take a break in a couple minutes. But let me start off by uh, talking about the heavyweight division real quickly. Um, you know, I, I, I have the rankings, the most recent rankings from all four of the major sanctioning bodies, the uh, IBF, the WBC, WBO, and WBA. And, you know, w everybody wants to see Deontay Wilder fight Anthony Joshua. All right? Yes, you're um, right. That's it. Now, here's the thing. Uh, Anthony Joshua right now is uh, scheduled to fight Joseph Parker, who's also a champion. So if Anthony Joshua gets by Joseph Parker, and that's a big if, but if he does, um, Anthony Joshua will be the heavyweight champion of every major sanctioning body except the WBC. Now, there's an asterisk next to that because the WBA which is the worst sanctioning body, in my opinion, of all, actually has two champions. They have Anthony Jop Joshua as their super champion. And then the household name of Manuel Char is their regular champion. So at some point, the WBA is going to force the super champion, which could very well become Joseph Parker in, in a couple of weeks, to fight Manuel Char. So that's going to become a mandatory. So, when you take a look at possible opponents, you have to keep Manuel Char in the discussion, at least for the WBA portion of the title. But when you look at everyone else, there's very few names when you look at the top 15 of each division that would be good opponents for either Anthony Joshua or Deontay Wilder. We're all talking about how great the heavyweight division is again. But when you really look at it, I'm wondering if it's true. Hold that thought. We're going to take a short break. I'm going to read all of the contenders in the four sanctioning bodies. And let's see if there's any other fights aside from Wilder against Joshua that would be of interest. We'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Now back to Talkin' Boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C, damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. Undisputed heavyweight champion of boxing talk radio. It's talking boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us today. And uh, I'm here with my man uh, Sal Rocky Sinicola. And we got a bunch of emails to read, Sal. But first, I just wanted to go uh, over the uh, heavyweight picture right now. Yeah. Um, the IBF has uh, Anthony Joshua as their champ. 
they don't have a, a number one ranked fighter, but number two is Cuba Pulov. Number three is Jarrell Miller. Number four is Dillian White. Number five is Alexander Povetkin. Number six is Dominic Brazil. Number seven is Carlos Takam. Number eight is Alexander Dimitrenko. Number nine is Charles Martin. Number 10 is Agit uh, Gabel. Number 11 is Christian Hammer. Number 12 is Otto Wallen. Number 13 is Johan Duapaz. Number 14 is Tom Schwartz. And number 15 is Adam Kaunaki. The WBO, their champion is Joseph Parker. Uh, number one is Alexander Povetkin. Number two, Brazil. Number three, Miller. Number four, Dillian White. Number five, Tom Schwartz. Number six, uh, Cairo Tararo Fujimoto. Number seven, Zili Zhang. Number eight, Bryant Jennings. Number nine, Ajit Cabell. Number 10, Christian Hammer. Number 11, Jean-Pierre Augustin. Number 12 is Huey Fury. Number 13, Amir Mansour. Number 14 is Laron Mitchell. And uh, number 15 is Ebenezer Scrooge. I mean, uh, Ebenezer Teddy. Um <laughs> In uh, in in the WBA, Anthony Joshua is their super champion. Manuel Char is their regular old champion, who, by the way, isn't in anyone else's rankings, of course. But uh, uh, WBA, Alexander Povetkin, number one. Fred Quendo, who hasn't fought in three years, he's number two. Uh, Jarrell Miller is number three. Cuba Pulov, number four. Trevor Bryan, he's number five. Haven't seen him fight in a while. BJ Flores. He's number six. This is why the WBA has no credibility, in my opinion. Look, just look at these. these their top fifteen. Number seven is Duapaz. Number eight, Christian Hammer. Number nine, Dillian White. Number ten, Alexander Ustinov. Number eleven, Guillermo Jones. When was the last time he fought? Uh, Otto Whalen's twelve. Brian Jennings thirteen. Lucas Brown number fourteen, and Kataro uh, Fujimoto uh, is number fifteen. And finally. In the WBC, Dillian White's number one, Brazil number two, Luis Ortiz number three, Povetkin number four, Pulov number five, Tony Bellow, who, I mean, come on, well, he beat in the heavyweight division was David Hay. He's number six, Duapaz number seven, Charles Martin number eight, Kaunaki number nine, Ajit Cabell number 10, Oscar Rivas, good young fighter. He's number 11, Carlos Takam number 12, Lucas Brown number 13, Chisora 14, Stavern is 15. Really? Hell, he stays in the rankings, I don't know. But when you shake it all down, the only guy, I, first of all, Anthony Joshua, I, no matter who he fights, the only guy I want to see him fight is Deontay Wilder. Assuming, assuming that he gets stuck fighting uh, Emmanuel Char or some other, uh, you know, bogus, uh, um, uh, you know, mandatory. Deontay Wilder, it comes up with, okay, who should Deontay Wilder fight? Well, if Dillian White gets past Lucas Brown, I'd like to see him fight him. I'd also like to see Wilder fight Brazil, but I'm not opposed to a rematch with Luis Ortiz. Team Ortiz was yeah. asking for a rematch. Would you want to see a rematch between Wilder and Ortiz, Sal? Yeah, I would see a rematch. I would see that rematch. Yeah, why not? I, I've seen uh, uh, less, uh, uh, lesser, lesser matches. Uh, I think a rematch would be. Uh, I think it would end in the same result, um, but uh, I think it would. Uh, I think it would be an entertaining fight, uh, have some drama to it. But uh, no, the only fight I really, really want to see, Bill, the only fight I want to see in the heavyweight division, for me, or the only fight I want to see Deontay Wilder have, is going to be uh, Anthony Joshua. That's it, man. That's it. That is all. It's time to put up or shut up and make it happen. There's no more sidesteps, no more dancing around, no more other opponents, no more of this. Let uh, Anthony Joshua get through this opponent, uh, get through or get by uh, uh, Parker if he can, because that's not an easy fight. 
And uh, then let's let these two guys, where all eyes are on, get in the ring and dance together. That's that's it. I agree. All right, let's get some emails out of the way. We got Dax Khan coming up here at nine uh, to give us his predictions. I haven't even started to break down the fights, but let's get going here. We're behind. This is uh, the return of the other Alex. He says, "Hey Billy C, what's up? I don't think I've written in months, may even be a year, but I listen to your show every day. I never miss." He says, uh, so much of what's going on in boxing uh, world these days seems like TMZ drama. And that, <laughs> honestly, true. I don't want to participate in those conversations. I only want to talk about the fights. And recently, the fights have been good, so I want to chime in. I was the guy who said everyone was uh, in on the joke except for Deontay. But he showed me a lot the other night, and I respect the man for it. Was he protected coming up? Yes. Was his opponent's hand picked? Yes. But look, man. They had to throw him in deep, and eventually, uh, I thought he performed. They had to throw him in deep eventually, and I thought he performed exceptionally well. I was thinking of two guys when I was watching him: Rocky Marciano and Jack Dempsey. Like Marciano, Wilder does just about everything wrong from a technical point of view. He's out of position. He's off balance. He's clumsy. Uh, but when he connects, it's game over. I thought of Dempsey when Wilder was swinging those wild shots, trying to get Ortiz out of there. Dempsey fought a composed, aggressive style, but as soon as he landed a hard punch, all that went out the window, and he would wing shots from every angle while literally throwing his own body forward yeah. into the punches. Never mind planting your back foot, twisting your hips and shoulders while extending the punch for full leverage. Nah, we're talking about <coughs> straight-up haymakers, and in that respect, Deontay reminds me of Dempsey. You touched on something yesterday, and I agree. At this point, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Maybe Wilder can tighten up uh, this or that, but what he's going to doing now is working. What he's doing now is working. I don't think we're going to see any technical improvements. The things Deontay has going for him are the things that can't be taught. One is God-given punching power, and the other is this guy has balls. He's got the living crap knocked out of him uh, in that seventh round, and the way he came back would have made Gotti and Saad Muhammad proud. All and that power. It's there every round. He could touch you as hard in the late rounds as he can in the early rounds, and that's rare. I also want to briefly touch on Tyson Fury because I want to keep seeing his name. Did people forget that his fight against Klitschko absolutely sucked and that um, uh, both he and Vlad did almost next to nothing in that fight? Vlad did just a little less, and then Fury uh, won that fight because of it. I never heard Vlad make any excuses, but I'll make one for him. Vlad's girlfriend and the mother of his child checked herself into a treatment center for postpartum depression a couple of months prior to the fight. There was no way in hell that Vlad could have been 100% focused on the fight uh, with Fury with all that was going on in his life outside the ring. He fought that night like his mind was somewhere else. My point is that I see these articles that read like Tyson Fury's win was one of the greatest performances in British uh, boxing history, and I disagree it was an awful fight where one guy barely did enough to win don't get me wrong he's a very good fighter but let's cool the jets on where he ranks among today's heavyweights this isn't exactly ali leaving the sport in his prime after dominating the division to make a comeback tyson needs to get in line like everybody else i, I agree with everything alex says here wow. uh, especially about yeah. tyson fury and yeah. and I, like him i give deontay wilder all the credit in the world uh, for uh, displaying the heart uh, and uh, uh, obviously the punching power. And there's no doubt in my and mind. Conditioning, too. Well, of course. There's no doubt in my mind that Deontay Wilder was hand-fed cupcakes for, for 39 fights. I mean, let's be real. 
This guy has had, had not fought a real opponent until he fought Luis Ortiz, and he won. So uh, it is what it is. Thanks for the email, Alex, the other Alex, and we're glad to have you back. Uh, next one is uh, from Johnston. He says, uh, hey, guys, I don't want to even say another word about Wilder, but I'm seeing all... Uh, I'm seeing everything at the moment is that AJ can't avoid Wilder anymore. Wilder will dominate Joshua, uh, uh, Wilder this and Wilder that. And to honest, I'm sick over it. Let's look at the facts. Wilder turned pro in 2008. AJ turned pro in 2013. That's a five-year head start. Coach in the chat room has said this a number of times, and he's right. Wilder won the WBC title in 2005 when he was 32-0. and That's seven years after turning pro. AJ won his first title in 2016 when he was 15-0, and three years after turning pro. Wilder has been a champion for three years and hasn't fought one unification fight. In those three years, he should be in AJ's position, but he isn't. And why is that? Because he wasn't interested in fighting guys with any kind of a pedigree. Wilder was fighting Marlon Hayes when he was 20-0. and I'm sorry, but who is Marlon Hayes? Actually... Marlon Hayes was trained by uh, uh, Kevin Rooney. He was supposed to be the next Mike Tyson, by the way. But uh, anyway, he says AJ's already a unified champion. He's fighting Parker for another world title at 20-0. and How can a guy be 40-0 and, and and have not fought one unification bout? If that was AJ, he would have been ridiculed by the British public. But yet Wilder gets all these accolades for fighting a 50-year-old Cuban that has never fought anyone credible himself. At the end of the day, AJ is fighting a proper opponent in Parker, and it wouldn't surprise if AJ loses because he is always testing himself. If that happens, then there will be a rematch with Parker in the summer. If he wins, then he will have a mandatory defense against Povetkin or Price, most probably uh, Pulov, um, or he means Povetkin, I think. A clear indication of that is they are on the undercard. Uh, then at the end of this year, don't be surprised if Dillian White, or I hate to say it, but even David Hay, uh, this is not because he, they're avoiding Wilder. It's because why should AJ have to keep fighting big fight after big fight every time while Wilder waits for AJ to come to him and put all his titles on the line? Over here, a rematch with White or a fight with David Hay are both considered dangerous and will sell, like it or not. I think in 2019, we'll see Fury first, then maybe Wilder, uh, because it's, a, it's his fault that he's been fighting bums for 10 years. I mean, 10 years and he's got nothing until now. Just my two pennies worth, but I have to question some of people's judgment. Um, I, you know, it is what it is. I understand where he's coming from, Sal, um, yeah. that, you know, uh, AJ, uh, you know, has, has taken more risk, and he certainly has. And that's why AJ's the A-side. That's why AJ's in the driver's seat. But you could sugarcoat it and twist it and turn it and do whatever you want. But the facts are the facts. You said it five minutes ago. The only fight that you want to see, the only fight that I want to see, the only fight that any boxing fan, whether they're a diehard or a marginal fan, wants to see is AJ, assuming it gets past Parker, fight Deontay Wilder. What do you think? That's the only fight I want to see in the heavyweight division, period. But uh, for a championship title bout, yeah. I mean, those are the two big giants in the ring today. That's where all eyes are on, in my opinion. And you know what? When you want to look at the scenario, that's the only fight that makes sense. And as you often say, you know, this fight, the aftermath, will will breed other great fights. And uh, 
you know, you'll you'll have um, you'll have a lot. I, I like the round robin effect, even with the idea that, all right, if, if Joseph, Joseph Parker should lose to Anthony Joshua, uh, he should fight Carlos. Uh, he should fight Ortiz and uh, see how that goes. And then the winner of that gets the winner of of uh, uh, Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua. I think it's a, it's a great little scenario for next year in in the sport of boxing. Uh, we got another email. This one's from uh, Jesse. He says, uh, hey, Billy C. and Sal, my picks this weekend. Regis Progress stopping Indongo over 10. Ivan Baranacek, uh, split decision over Petrov. Mikey Garcia knocking out Lipinitz in 8. Rancis Bartholomew, split decision over Rekla. Uh, Alejandro Luna over Comney in an exciting bout. Valdez, split decision over Quig in an exciting bout. And uh, a battle of prospects, Andy Draw with DeLeon. Billy, what's your thoughts on Junior Fay? He was in the World Series of Boxing and battled Usyk and Joe Joyce. And uh, uh, and what's your thoughts on six foot nine Ivan uh, Dynchuko? Uh, I'm not um, too up on uh, Ivan, so I'll pass that. As far as Junior Fay, um, we'll see. He fights this weekend. Uh, the rest of your picks, uh, good luck with those. They all seem uh, pretty solid. Uh, Johnston says, uh, hey, guys, my prediction's real quick. Scott Quigg uh, will, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Quigg versus uh, the challenger. You know, he's, he breaks him down here, uh, sort of the fighter. Uh, I'm going for an epic battle. Quigg to win by late KO uh, over Oscar Valdez. As far as Garcia Lippitz, uh, Garcia will become a four-weight division, uh, then move up to 147. Uh, if you want to see Johnston's full breakdowns and predictions, he's got an article up on BillyCBoxing.com, uh, so check that out. All right, as far as fights and predictions, uh, Friday night uh, we got uh, the the main event, Regis Progress against uh, Julius Indongo. Uh, Regis Progress, Sal's new best fighter, man. He loves what he said the other day, and uh, uh, I did too. He's undefeated. He's uh, 29 years old. Uh He's uh, undefeated at 20-0 with 17 knockouts. He's a southpaw, 5'8". Um, you know, he comes to fight. He's got an 85% knockout ratio in his 70 fights. He's ranked uh, at junior welterweight number 26 in the world. Now, this fight is for the WBC's interim uh, junior welterweight title. It makes me laugh. All these sanctioning bodies said they were doing away with interim belts, but yet yeah, if somebody's right. willing to write the check, it becomes a, uh, an interim uh, belt, no problem. Um, he's got some decent wins uh, over uh, known fighters. Uh, you know, Abel Ramos, uh, he stopped him. Uh, he also beat, uh, um, in his last fight, Joel Diaz Jr., which was another undefeated fighter, blew him away up at the Turning Stone. Uh, mm -hmm. I was at that fight. Uh, and uh, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's a decent fighter. He, he's an aggressive fighter. Now, he steps in there. Now, he's 29 years old. He steps in there uh, with a guy who, on paper, says he's 35 in Julius Ndongo. Uh, he's ranked number three in the world at junior welterweight. A big contrast to Regis Progress. Uh, Ndongo is also a southpaw, and he's got the height advantage. If you if you remember Ndongo, he fought, he's the guy who fought Terrence Crawford. Ndongo right. is five foot ten and a half, so he's got a two and a half inch uh, height advantage and uh, a four inch uh, reach advantage uh, on progress. His record is twenty two and one uh, with eleven knockouts. He's got more rounds under his belt, one hundred twenty eight less knockout uh, ratio at forty eight percent. His only loss. 
uh, was a stoppage, and that came at the hands of Terrence Crawford. He did beat a uh, uh, Ricky Burns uh, last year. He's got a couple of decent fights under his belt, <clears throat> um, but he's a uh, he's a, 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 a confusing fighter to fight because of his height. He hangs around. This is a this is a tough fight to pick, to be honest with you, Sal. You know, normally I, I would never take an Indongo. I, I would never pick uh, Regis Progress over Indongo um, based on the computer ranking because the computer rankings generally are, are pretty accurate when it comes to picking fights. But I think in this case, the age difference here, um, you know, I, even though it's only a six-year difference, I think Indongo could be a little older than he says. And I think that his last fight against Terrence Crawford may have taken a lot out of this guy. Um, I'm picking Regis Progress uh, to jump all over Indongo and win by stoppage. I, I, I think if he doesn't fight that way, uh, Indongo is going to win a decision. But my official pick is uh, uh, Regis Progress, uh, and I'm kind of picking that for you, Sal. What, what's your thoughts? I, I share the same sentiments there, Bill. I, I like, uh, you know, it's, it's one thing for a fighter to spew and say some some things and rhetoric and all that, but there's another another case when he does justify and show what he means, and that's what we often look for when somebody says something and as you suggested i did become a a, a, a fan i liked with uh what what the uh, regis been has been spewing and saying and let's see if the the magic is in the, in, in his uh, corner that night uh this night and you know he, he he's the one that said uh, now that we're going past the floyd mayweather era in boxing i want to help restore return the savagery into the sport of boxing now that's a big statement, and he likes to uh, associate or em emulate, uh, I think, a Roberto Duran style of fighting. And we know Roberto Duran; uh, he was relentless and unyielding, and just uh, just constantly in the middle or in the ring, pushing and punching that uh, to, for a victory. And I like that style, uh, and I think uh, I think this weekend uh, is not going to show us much less than what we can predict. I think that. Uh, Regis will definitely uh, take the fight serious to Yudongo. I think uh, Yudongo is going to utilize any boxing skill he, he wants to, to to try to offset and avoid the punches and the big blows. But in the end, I think the aggressive nature of uh, Regis and cutting off the ring, I think some of those punches and the big banging will catch up with a Yudongo. And I, I predict uh, Regis to stop him by the eighth round. Um, you know, I, I, I'm out of time. I, these other fights, uh, because we got Dax coming on, and I want to break down the uh, Mikey Garcia fight, but Peter Petrov is fighting Ivan uh, Baranchek uh, also tonight. Uh, this is a pretty evenly matched fight. Uh, Baranchek is uh, ranked number 38 in, in the world by the computer at junior welterweight, and uh, uh, Petrov is ranked number 21. Uh, Petrov is 34, and Baranchek's 25. Uh, it's a 50-50 fight. I think Petrov has fought the tougher guys, uh, but uh, you know what? Uh, Father Time never has lost. I'll go with the kid in this one, Baranchek. Uh, another good fight I want to look at real quickly is uh, Scott Quigg uh, going up against uh, Oscar Valdez. This is another interesting fight because Scott Quigg, former world champion, he's ranked number six at featherweight. And Oscar Valdez, who is currently the WBL World Featherweight Champion, uh, he's ranked at number seven. So this is a pretty evenly matched fight. Uh, I love Scott Quigg, but I think Valdez uh, is uh, is is going to be too much for him in terms of 
um, the way he just attacks. Now, the, the thing about Scott Quigg is he's going to have a three-inch height advantage. So I'm looking for Valdez in that one. All right, um, some other fights on that card real quick. Junior Fay, heavyweight, is fighting Craig Lewis. My man Matt Remillard is fighting Jesus Valdez. And Trey Lippy Morrison is back. He's taking on Oswaldo Ortega uh, all on uh, uh, tonight. Now, the fight that I'm going to break down uh, one more uh, extensively, really, is the, the main fight of the weekend, at, at least the way I see it. Sergi Lipitz against uh, Mikey Garcia. Lipitz is the uh, uh, IBF World Junior Welterweight Champion. He's 28 years old. He's uh, ranked at number 12 at Junior uh, uh, Welterweight. He's five foot seven. With a 67-inch reach, he's 13 and 0 uh, with 10 knockouts. You heard it right, 13 fights, 77% uh, knockout ratio at 28 years old. When I look at this guy's resume, I really don't see any names that jump out at you. The uh, the the two guys I give him a lot of credit for beating is Leonardo Zapavinga uh, back in 2016, and Clarence Booth is was a tough guy. He stopped him uh, last year in March. Uh, he also fought a, a, a tough uh, ring veteran in Cosmo Rivera uh, back in 2015. But, uh, but really, he hasn't fought that much. Now, he steps in with a guy who has. The funny thing about this is that uh, Sergi Lipiditz is, is ranked number 12 in the world at super lightweight, which is junior welterweight, uh, and he's a current champion. Mikey Garcia uh, has not... I, I don't even think he's fought at that weight yet. He, he might His last fight against Adrian Broner may have been at uh, junior lightweight, but he was a lightweight world champion in January of last year. He's already ranked at number two in the world at junior um, uh, welterweight. He's a former featherweight and junior lightweight champion and a lightweight champ. Uh, he's five foot six. Listen, uh, he's 37 and 0 with 30 knockouts. I don't like that he took this fight when there was some other bigger fights for him. But you know what? This is another belt for him. He's going to win this fight. I have Mikey Garcia uh, winning by stoppage. Uh, I just don't think Lipinitz uh, has the uh, boxing ability uh, to handle uh, a pound-for-pound -pound fighter in Mikey Garcia. What's your thoughts? I agree with you 100%. I think Marky Garcia is going to be too much firepower, too too aggressive. And I think uh, Lipinitz, even though he, he showed us some great display of boxing and, and things in the past, I think Mikey Garcia has the eye of the tiger. I think he uh, he wants to make a statement tonight. You know, he is moving up. and He's been uh, in, in several divisions now. And this is one that he's going to be wanting to really make a home and settle in. So I think that uh, he's going to go in there and, and make a big statement tonight. And I think, or, or this weekend, I think he's going to stop uh, Libanets also, probably towards uh, the later round, seventh, eighth round. You know, Mikey Garcia um, is the style of fighter that I, I absolutely love. I, like Me too. I mean, you know, the the thing the thing with him, I mean, his fight against Adrian Broner, and and that was at uh, uh, Junior Welterweight. Um, you know, he, he just he destroyed Broner. I, I mean, he prevented Broner from doing anything. Now, Broner went the distance, but um, he prevented Broner from doing anything. When Broner started an attack, uh, Garcia came back and attacked back and, and seemed to win all the rounds, uh, or at least most of them, in my opinion. Um, he's just that kind of a fighter. I, 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 I'm, he's a special I, fighter. Yeah, that's a, it's a great uh, descriptor because he is a special fighter. Um, I was critical of him uh, choosing this fight, but, you know, he's also doing it to get the title. He, you know, Lipitz is, 
you know, the easiest route for him. Not that Lipitz is an easy fighter, but for Mikey no, Garcia. Mikey Garcia is a different class of fighter. And sure. um, I, I just, you know, I see him picking up this belt, and then I see him leaving it, letting it go, and uh, moving up uh, another division, uh, most likely for the big, big fights he could get up at uh, welterweight. My only concern, Sal, is that his continuing uh, to move up in weight and I think it was evident, even in this weight class at junior welterweight, that he doesn't possess the knockout power anymore. I mean, just because he's got the frame, you know, of a guy who can move up and fill out, that doesn't mean, you know, you, you still take that knockout punch with you. And I, and I think that at some point, it's going to hurt him. And I say the same thing about Vasily Lomachenko. You know, they keep asking him to move Me up. Too. I've said it. Yeah, you know, I mean, there comes a time when you got to say enough is enough and stay at a weight class, don't you think? Absolutely. Just like Clint Eastwood said, a man's got to know his limitations. I mean, you know, these guys keep pushing the envelope, and they want the bigger money, they want the bigger fights, they want this and that, and they keep moving up. And, uh, I mean, Manny Pacquiao had a lot of success. I mean, here's a guy who was a flyweight, and how many weight classes he jumped? Uh, he's been fighting as high as welterweight, junior, middle. I mean, the guy, uh, I think he overbit the, 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 he over chomped on a bit, but, uh, uh, it showed last time with Jeff Horn. But, uh, I think that, uh, I'd like to see Mikey Garcia. Uh, I, I like him as a junior welterweight. I think it's a good weight class for him. I think he still will carry that punching power. Welterweight's going to be another thing, man. I'll tell you, welterweight is a whole nother division because you have natural size welterweights, but you also have legitimate middleweights that come down a welterweight division. And, and man, they possess the power and the finessence. And it's going to be a tough division. But yeah. if he wants to try and reign there, let's see what happens. Yeah. I like him at the junior welterweight level. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, Dax Khan joins us, and uh, we'll get his uh, thoughts and predictions uh, on uh, on some of the big fights for this weekend. Don't go anywhere. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to talking Boxing with Billy C. He may not have an excellence in broadcasting award, but the night's still young. And he's got martinis. So you never know what may be by morning. By morning. It's talking Boxing with Billy C. Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening. To the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, speaking about being with us, joining us right now uh, with his thoughts on the big fights for them this weekend is uh, my man Dax Khan. What's up, Dax? Hey, Sal. I mean, Bill. Good morning, Dax. How you guys doing? <laughs> well, I, I, it doesn't surprise me. Dax emails me this morning, Sal, and says, "There's an imposter in the chat room. He's going. He's going by your name. He's got your picture." I'm like, "What?" And and then he show he sends it to me. I go, "It is me." What are you talking about? That's what I like. I, I like that Dax is policing. Even I can't get on my own ID without Dax calling me up, questioning it. But uh, good I, I, stuff. I don't know. I'm looking at the thing. That, you know, it's following in there about you know. I I, I love Floyd and yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, I stepped away to get a refill of coffee, and I had a bite of toast. I'm coming back here, and and I'm chomping away, and and all of a sudden I, I 
I didn't realize. I didn't see it. It's the screen in front of me. I was here, here from Dex. Hey, Sal, is that you? Are you out there? I go, oh, wow, yeah. Let me turn you on. Yeah, he screams up and goes, hey, Bill. I said, hey, Bill. I said, hello, Dex. Hey, Jeff. Where's Jeff? Hey. <laughs> well, Dex, uh, we got uh, some big, decent fights this weekend. I'll just go down in, in, in an order. Uh, Regis Progress against Julius Ndongo. Interesting fight. Uh, it's not an easy fight by any means. How, how do you see it going? It is interesting. And this whole weekend is just a super, uh, you know, super lightweight, junior welterweight weekend. You know, uh, these are the type of things, uh, Bill, that shows exactly what an impact a certain fighter had, uh, you know, when, when you have everybody um, scattering or clamoring, you know, to win these belts left behind by Crawford. You know, it, it tells you what a dominant champion he was. But, uh, you know, this is a very um, interesting fight, uh, in my opinion. Uh, Pro Gray. Uh, you know, he's won his last five fights by stoppage. Um, he's had uh, two, I mean, two or three inside there. I mean, uh, Joel Diaz Jr. last summer and uh, on the Hall of Fame weekend, he goes out there and, um, you know, dominates Joel Diaz Jr. when he was the underdog. Um, in 2015, the same thing with Abel Ramos, who was an undefeated prospect. He goes out there, he beats up Ramos, and he stops him in the eighth round. You know, then on the other side, you have Ndongo, which most people, the only thing they know Ndongo for is getting stopped by Terrence Crawford in three rounds. You know, but in Dango, you know, he has some key wins. You mentioned one before against uh, Edward uh, Trojanovsky, uh, um, you know, and that was in December of 2016. He's the B-side. He goes over to Russia, and he blasts out Trojanovsky in one round. He wins the IBF 140-pound title. And then in 2017, he goes over to Scotland. Again, a visiting fighter, the B-side, and he goes and he um, claims the 140-pound um, title off of uh Ricky Burns, uh, you know, he loses those titles a few months later to Terrence Crawford in that third round stoppage, but you know something, he's a solid fighter, and he's a guy that, because he's shown to be very durable on the road, makes you sit there and question, you know, exactly how good is he really when it comes into the trenches. You know, losing to Terrence Crawford and losing to somebody else is a different story. You know, Pro Gray, he's, um, in his past eight fights, he's only gone the distance once, and that was an eight-round decision over Amos Coward. Um, you know, in his next fight, he had a TKO stoppage against Ramos, which I mentioned since then um, in two years, as long as he's gone his four rounds. And that's when he stopped uh, Luis Eduardo Flores. If Pro Gray, in my opinion, does not get Ndongo out of there by the fifth round, I think the more experienced, the better, the more traveled, um, who, who's also faced the best competition in meaning um, Ndongo, I think Ndongo is going to take him late and he's going to drown Pro Gray. So you're taking Ndongo? Uh, it's, it's one, it's either it's either Progray early or Ndongo is going to drown them late. That's how it's going to go. There's no in-between in this fight, in my opinion. Um, Ivan Barachek against Peter Petrov. It's another interesting fight. Uh, how, do you, how do you like that one? Um, Barachek, you know, he, he's a guy that um, he doesn't really fit this mold of the fighters uh, in that uh, Eastern European area, you know, these guys who have become known to be uh, destroyers, you know, Baroncheck is more of a boxer, um, you know, um, he has wins over Keenan Smith, uh, when Smith was an undefe undefeated fighter, but he, really it's a name that nobody knows, he's been really kind of um, shoved, you know, down, to, you know, he's been, uh, you know, promoted more or less, you know, people he's being told about uh, who he is on these broadcasts, instead of actually going out there making a name for himself. And Petrov, there's a guy that a lot of people only know him um, from the 2014 Boxino. Um, but, you know, he's going the distance with uh, Terry Flanagan last April and a WBO lightweight uh, opportunity. He lost to uh, 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 Dejan Zalkenikin uh, for WBC international title um, in 2013. Both of those guys were undefeated champions at the time. Uh, you know, Petrov, he has wins over 
over guys like Chris Rudd and Fernando Croncamo. His only stoppage loss is um, actually came at the hands of Marcos Maidana in 2011 when he fought for the WBA 140-pound title. And being knocked out by Marcos Maidana, especially a 140-pound version of Marcos Maidana, is nothing to hang your head over. It doesn't say anything about the quality of a fighter you are. But yeah, Petrov always seems to lose those step-up bouts when he goes in against prospects like Baranchek. For that reason, I think Baranchek is going to win by a decision. But, you know... If the right version of Petrov comes along, you know, it could just be the opposite way around, but it's going to go a full 10, uh, full 10 rounds, in my opinion. An interesting fight is uh, Oscar Valdez against Scott Quigg. How do you see this one going? You know, Valdez, you know, his key wins is uh, Genesis Sylvania, um, uh, uh, Juveni Gradovich, uh, who's a former IBF champion, and Miguel Mariaja, um, who is a constant top 10 ranked fighter. His only losses came to Nicholas Walters by decision when Nicholas Walters was going out blasting everybody out. And then, you know, he lost that uh, stoppage to Vassal Lomachenko in this era where everybody seems to be quitting against Lomachenko. You know, Scott Quigg, he's a former WBA super bantamweight champion. He has wins over fellow champions like Kiko Martinez. He has wins over high-quality guys like Randall Munro. Row, um, to Shrabi Manuela, uh, uh, you know, a former IBO superweight champion. But my prediction here is Oscar Valdez, he's a bigger and stronger fighter, despite Quig having only one split decision loss, and that was to Carl Frampton, a guy who many still consider one of the top 10 to 15 pound-for-pound fighters in the world. He's not going to have the work rate, and he also demonstrated that in the Frampton fight to keep somebody like um, uh, Valdez off of him because Valdez, you know, is the bigger fighter naturally. Quig lacks that super featherweight power, and for that reason, I think Valdez is going to win this one via stoppage in the mid rounds. And and finally, uh, the, the big fight that I think it's a big fight of the weekend. Sergey Lipovich puts his title on the line against Mikey Garcia at uh, at 140 pounds. Um, how do you see this one going? Well, you know, the other key fight on that card, Bill, also was the Bartholomew and uh, Kirill Relic fight. Right. No, no. I, I know. I, I have it here. I didn't give my prediction on that, but um, and you could give us yours. But uh, tell me about Garcia Lipinitz first. Uh, you know, um, you know, the, uh, the uh, for Garcia and, uh, you know, everybody knows the story of Mikey Garcia. He's a multi-division world champion. Um, he's got uh, titles at, uh, I think, super featherweight, lightweight. Um, now he's going for one in the uh, the welterweight division. Uh, you know, Mikey Garcia, he had that, uh, that loss uh, for, uh, what was it, almost two years. He comes back. Um, he beat uh, Dejan uh, in three rounds. Uh, but, you know, before then, you know, he goes in there and um, he has a fight against the guy that, you know, Ilya Rojas, um, who at junior uh, lightweight, uh, junior welterweight rather. But, you know, Rojas was coming in off a two-year layoff himself. And, um, you know, he jumped 10 pounds in weight to get into this fight, uh, uh, to get into that fight against um, Mikey Garcia. You know, Sergey Lipinets. Not many people are giving this guy much of a chance. You know, most people really, you stated before, he doesn't have a lot of fights. The average uh, fan, uh, you know, is really basing everything on this guy off of uh, his Akihiro Kondo fight, which he won that title uh, in November. You know, Kondo was a very tough fighter. Again, he's a guy not really known. But, you know, uh, Lipinets does have wins over Haskell Rhodes, you know, which he went 10 rounds. Haskell Rhodes was an undefeated prospect then. Uh, Lipinets won a comfortable decision. You mentioned uh, Leonardo uh, Zapavinia, um, you know, who's not a world class. 
class boxer, but Leonardo, um, you know, much like uh, is like a mini David Lemieux. You know, if I was going to give a comparison, you know, he's a guy that comes in here, he goes in the trenches, and you know, he just keeps throwing punches, and he has uh, more than uh, respectable power. And you know, uh, Lipinet scored an eighth round stoppage on him. You know, so because of the Adrian Broner fight, I disagree with what you said earlier. Adrian Broner, that was not an easy win for Mikey Garcia, just as the Elio Rojas fight was not an easy win for Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia beat Broner due to work rate, and uh, Broner showed to be vulnerable to that in the past. Paulie Malinagi showed him to be vulnerable with that. Paulie Malinagi, another guy, if he had more power, he might stop Adrian Broner. But Mikey Garcia didn't dent Broner, even despite the fact he landed on Broner so many times. And because of that, I really don't think that Mikey Garcia is going to get much done in this fight. He's going to look good, but you know... Because, you know, of that fight, again, I keep going back to that Rojas fight, a guy who had two years off, he took a 10-pound jumping weight, and Garcia took eight rounds to stop him. Lippinets is a career junior welterweight. He's taking punches from guys that are career junior welterweights. I don't see Mikey Garcia stopping him, and because Lippinets is steady down the stretch, he remains at a um, uh, composed pace. He's able to go in there and concentrate and focus and do what he's got to do. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to go against the grain. I think Sergey Lippinets actually defeats Mikey Garcia in this fight. Oh, wow. wow. And uh, for the Rancher's Bartholomew Kyrell uh, Relika fight, uh, how do you see that one going? Uh, my pick was Rancher's Bartholomew. Well, this is a rematch. Um, they um, Sometime last year, they, they had fought. Um, in May of last year, matter of fact, so Bartholomew won a. Uh, uh, unanimous decision. Uh, both men went down in that fight. Bartholomew went down in the fifth. Relic went down in the eighth. Uh, Bartholomew is a former two-division champion, um, a lightweight, super featherweight. He's a tall fighter, very tall, five foot eleven, and he's also a slick fighter. He has a lot of amateur experience. He's got wins over guys like uh, Arginus Mendez, Antonio DeMarco, um, Dennis Shafikov, uh, Mickey Bay, and, uh, you know, Cairo Relic. Uh, you know, Relic, the only name on there really that you know is recognizable on his resume is Ricky Burns, and um, that was in 2016 when he lost the 12-round uh, decision when he went in to try and gain the uh, WBA 140-pound title. You know, this is a case of a very tough fighter, meaning Relic, um, going against a, a world-class boxer who's tricky with a height and um, and uh, arm reach advantage. He knows how to use those veteran tactics. Uh, Rancis Bartholomew in a few fights, he's lost points, and he's not shy to you know hit low or uh, hit behind the head to get that job done. So I think we're going to see very much like a repeat of the first fight, but, you know, it's going to be a tough bout. It's going to be one worth watching, and uh, Kirill Relic, because of the fact he's a solid puncher, and because Bartholomew is vulnerable early, he always could get the upset, but I doubt it. I, uh, I think uh, it's going to have some early fireworks, but I think Bartholomew is going to win another unanimous decision. Hey, Dax, before we let you go, I, I want to get your take on this uh, Canelo Alvarez testing positive stuff. Sal and I were talking this morning. Sal made a, a pretty... Uh, uh, strong statement saying that you know really uh, and the only way that we're going to clean this sport up is if we there's no tolerance zero tolerance basically you you get caught once you're done you know you you pay a fine meaning you know you maybe you're suspended for a year or two um could be career threatening if you cheat i agree i i think that the repercussions have to be strong and and canelo just because he's a money maker and, and there were all the rumors, although no one really proved it with Mayweather, same type of a thing. It's not fair that fighters that have, you know, uh, the money behind them or, or maybe the fanfare or whatever get special treatment. And that seems to be what's starting to take place with Canelo with this particular incident. 
What do you think um, is the situation, and what do you think should be done about it? Well, one, I totally 100% agree there should be no tolerance whatsoever. At minimum, there should be some sort of um, at least a one-year suspension until yeah. until, until uh, even there's, those are, there's further testing going on. There should be suspension during this testing to see you know if a fighter's clean. We've seen that with lesser names. You brought up a very uh, valid point there because of he's a name. Lucas Brown, a guy who was actually cleared the first time for his um, his use, you know, he never got the, the benefit of the doubt. He was never able to uh, go back in there and get his title opportunity again he was stripped of his belt why because he's not a name uh canelo you know much like uh floyd mayweather who was pretty much allowed to have an intravenous in his house whether or not it may not have been uh, uh performance enhancing drugs but you know he was getting hydrated in his own house on video and you know nothing was ever done about that if somebody else of a lesser name tried something like that you know they'd have been banned for life so that's a very key uh you know that that's the thing that really that stresses me that bothers me is the name is what it allows these guys to get away with, you know, we're sacrificing money for integrity. At some point in time, you know, you have to say to yourself, integrity is more important. But with that being said, Canelo, this is the first time he's ever um, tested dirty. Um, it was a very minimal amount. I think the right thing is being done that, you know, he's going to have these follow-up tests, this battery of tests. Let's see what happens with that. You know, because this is an era where we are so quick to point at people and say, you know what, you're a cheater, you're a cheater, you're a cheater. Sometimes it seems like, you know, it's a little bit more of a witch hunt than what's actually going on. You know, it, it, it's a, it's a, you know it's a tricky situation. You know, but um, my opinion in this is, you know, let's see what happens. The battery test following up. The only thing that I can actually stress on, I agree on 100%, is the no tolerance. No matter who you are, no matter how much money you bring in, there should be no tolerance. Period. And there should be no fights until your name is cleared until all the testing's done. Now we're going to test while you fight. We agree. Dax, enjoy the fights. We'll be looking forward to your thoughts uh, on Monday, brother. Yeah, hopefully I'm better. My, you hear my voice is going on. I caught something in this, uh, this nor'easter and stuff like that. I told you I didn't want to shovel your walkway, but you're like, oh, Dax, my back. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Dax, have a good one, my man. <laughs> All right, everybody. Enjoy the weekend. Dax, That's uh, Dax Khan uh, giving us his thoughts and uh, letting a cat out of the bag. You know, he wouldn't come up and shovel for me. You know, I'm a bastard. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. anyway, I, 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 I think that... You know, we we all agree. I mean, you know, this this pointing fingers and he said, she said, and you know, testing positive uh, uh, for performance enhancing drugs should not be tolerated. And I don't yeah. care who it is. And I think the best way to really get that message across is to have a big name like Canelo suffer some major major consequences. I mean, uh, I don't think there should be any any ifs ends and buts about it. And no. and the the other interesting thing. Was the uh, was my my man Mitch and the statistics the uh, stats that the statistics that he gave me based on the uh, the cyclist uh, Alberto uh, Conador who tested positive with fifty picograms of uh, clenbutinol and was banned uh, from performing and, and and Canelo's test came back hundreds uh, of picograms so uh, you know come on right. Well, we said that, you know, you want to take it one further. So uh, there is no uh, excuse as far as, well, this one trainer, one, this one, that one. Maybe the whole team should be uh, suspended for a year and lose out on the possibility of, of earnings and things like that. Who knows? I mean, anything less than, than uh, a ban for life or, or could be a year's suspension. 
I mean, look at what that'll do to a person's income and career and their stats and how they have to stay stagnant. I mean, their career could be jeopardized and, and, and over for all intents and purposes. Yeah. And, and those people affiliated with that wouldn't be able to work other corners. So what I'm saying is it has to be grave. It has to be severe enough where it's going to be the deterrent that we want these punishments to actually provide for the sport of boxing or any other situation. Right. No, I, I agree. It's you got to come down hard and heavy, and then it'll, yeah. it'll stop. Um, yeah. Listen, on this day in boxing history, March 9th in 1955, Raul uh, Macy's, uh, I'm sorry, Macia uh, knocks out uh, Chamaron Song Kitrat in the 11th round to win the vacant uh, WBA uh, Bantamweight title. It took place in uh, San Francisco. I'm sorry, that was the NBA uh, took place in San Francisco, California. On this day in 1986, Donald Curry uh, knocks out Eduardo Rodriguez in the second round to retain his WBA uh, World Welterweight title. That took place in Texas. Donald Curry's a guy I believe should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, in 1985, on this day, Milton McCrory wins a 12-round decision over Pedro Villa uh, to retain his WBC World Middleweight title. That took place in France. On this day in 1984... My man Carlos de Leon wins a 12-round decision over Anthony Davis to retain his WBC Cruiserweight title. took place in Vegas. On this day in uh, 1984, terrible Tim Witherspoon, who was terrible, <laughs> uh, wins a 12-round decision over Greg Page to win the vacant WBC World Heavyweight title. took place in Vegas. I remember watching this fight, and I remember saying, we have just entered the land of the dinosaurs in heavyweights. This was one of the most boring, uneventful world heavyweight title fights I ever recall watching. And we all say, oh, the heavyweights, oh, back then, oh, it was great, it was great. It wasn't all that great because Tim Witherspoon against Greg Page was a snooze fest. Uh, Tim Witherspoon did have talent, uh, but, uh, you know, getting them to do it uh, was a whole nother ball game. But, uh, uh, and speaking of Terrible Terry, on this day, March 9th in 1900, the original Terrible Terry, Terrible Terry McGovern, knocks out Oscar Gardner in the third round of a scheduled 25-round fight uh, to retain oh. his world featherweight title, and that took place in New York City. On this day, uh, 118 years ago, uh, March wow. 9th in 1900, so... Uh, uh, that's what took place uh, on this day in boxing history. Sal, we got a bunch of great fights to uh, watch yes, over we the weekend. Do. And uh, I'll be looking forward to those as well as talking about them on Monday. So uh, for everybody out there, make sure you enjoy the fights. Make sure you watch the fights first, then enjoy them. Then make sure you tune in on Monday morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.